Hello, welcome to Body and Life Studios. I'm Noah Wills. Today I have with me Shay Wills. Hello. And I also have quite a few people. We're doing a little bit different this time. We're having, I think this is the most we've ever done in one. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, we have uh, Rob on with us. Hi, I'm Rob Fadri. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Nice to see you again. Great, and great we to be have on. Thank you. Joni and Dudley on with us. Hi, Joni and Dudley doing? from Chagrin Falls, Ohio. Oh, nice. <laughs> and did I introduce Steve Reinhardt? Probably not. Steve always is on. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here with everyone here in Colorado. Well, we're glad to have you. So let's, Steve, uh, why don't you start us off what we're talking about today? Okay, well, we're talking about uh, feeling lonely, loneliness. Um, and uh, I've been looking for, it. oh my gosh, my phone's talking to me. I must be feeling lonely. <laughs> <laughs> She's, my phone's happy to uh, talk to me. Oh my gosh. Anyway. I did nice. mute mine. I mute mine. <laughs> oh, good, good idea. Thank you, Rob. Anyway, so um, we had mentioned feeling lonely uh, quite a while back on one of our podcasts, and um, um, and I got the, such a really wonderful email from Joni afterwards uh, uh, about uh, one of the times that she had felt lonely and an experience she had. Um, that, uh, and it just kind of triggered me. It's like, oh my gosh, we really could do a podcast on feeling lonely because not everybody feels lonely, but probably all of us feel lonely uh, from time to time. Um, and so, uh, and now with the pandemic and people being isolated and having to stay apart or being having your parents in the hospital and they can't have visitors, uh, the idea of uh, how we might feel lonely and and then how as Christians we could, I'm not sure what the right word is, but acknowledge that, I guess, uh, would be, it seems important at this time. So maybe we could just like um, go around and uh, start with uh, Joni and Dudley and kind of give us your experience of lonely, lo feeling lonely or maybe not feeling lonely, feeling, uh, I'm not sure what the unhappy unlonely, connected, or satisfied, I'm not sure. Uh, and then Rob and Noah and Shay, and then I'll just throw, we'll throw out some, and if you have questions or comments or thoughts about it, okay. it'd just be great to get your take on what I would say is be walking with God uh, in loneliness, maybe. Yeah, I like that. So Joni and Dudley, you guys want to start? Well, you know, one um, definition, we looked up loneliness, and one was um, producing a feeling of bleakness or desolation. And I think that's more of what I went through, although I've certainly experienced the other definitions of loneliness, too. So, um, you know, the Lord always seems to have something going on. But for when I wrote you, Steve, I was wanting to know if if you felt lonely at all experiencing cancer, mm -hmm. because when um, in two thousand nine, I um, 
found out that I had a very serious um, leg tumor, which was uh, sarcoma. Um, and it, it just seemed like it was all, all the worst. It wasn't, it wasn't shallow. It was deep. It wasn't non-aggressive. It was super aggressive. It was like all the top and it was a real rare cancer. Um, it's just like, I, Oh, I wish I could get some of the other cancers. <laughs> other people I know are getting, why do I have to get this rare cancer? Yeah. And I just found I, I, before I had cancer, I thought, Oh, everybody, so many people have cancer. It's just so common. It's just out there. We hear about it all the time. I knew people, I had family that had cancer friends. And then when I experienced it, it was like, well, nobody's doing this but me. I, I don't know anyone right now that is going through what I'm going through. And uh, it, that just felt really lonely. I just felt that, um, I almost felt like I was the only one. I knew differently in my head, but I, I just felt kind of desolate about it. I, I just felt like why, you know, what, not why me so much, because I, why not me, but um, in situations where um, we would have friends that we'd be with and everybody would, you know, people would be laughing and having fun. And I just think, why are you all so happy? How can you be happy? <laughs> it's just, I was envious of their happiness. I was envious of a lot of things. So I, I just felt like isolated and alone in that situation. And I walked, I guess I walked alongside that. We, um, um, it was kind of a surprise, obviously it came out of left field for both of us. And um, it wasn't at that point, it wasn't supposed to be how our life was going to play itself out. You know, we at that stage, that many years ago, we were making plans for retirement and what we were going to do and where we were going to be. And um, and we found that life is very subject to change without notice. And one day you're fine, one day it's not so fine. So, you know, I, I got the privilege, I'd have to say, to some extent of walking alongside Joni in that time of her life. Uh, we spent uh, the summer in Boston, because they, even at the Cleveland Clinic, they didn't really have any resolutions for this kind of cancer, didn't see it that often. So we went to Mass General in Massachusetts and, and spent the spent the summer there. So um, it was interesting. <laughs> you know, she went off for radiation every day, and then we had the rest of the day to spend some time together. But I think the challenge for me, and I'll just leave it at that, was primarily, I don't know that this relates to loneliness for me, but when you're walking with somebody that's going through that and they're experiencing loneliness, there is some question in your mind about like, you know, really, aren't I enough? Aren't I enough encouragement for you? Or, you know, why is this life so desolate? Because I'm here right with you. You know, no, we were talking prior, prior to the program about people not understanding it. You have God, you know, why would you possibly be lonely? Yeah. So that was a little bit of my question was, you know, Joni would say, you're not the one with cancer. I am. Yeah. But I said, I've been married to you for 45 years. I mean, you know, and I, and I had trouble understanding it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And the other thing too, I mean, we were surrounded by by love and friends and and you just think, how can I feel alone when I have a a really a a big outpouring? I know, Steve, you've talked about that outpouring of love and you almost feel guilty for being lonely. Well, maybe a way if we tried to, maybe this would be the final point, in a sense, maybe, you know, we kind of what we're talking about, maybe loneliness and being lonely isn't always its experience when you have a lot of people around. So uh, what we did was when we went through this, uh, and I still say we, because we did, Joni had the answer and I experienced it with her. Uh, we we opened up our lives and we did updates on a weekly basis uh, mm-hmm. to people and let them in on our inner circle of our feelings and emotions. We've got all those. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't bore you with them, but <laughs> you know, there's probably twenty or thirty of them. You know, uh, which started with what we were talking about before. Like this wasn't supposed to be how things happen. Yeah. You know, now I'm going to get to experience. Uh, telling people how to deal with things or receive from people the love and care and support that I had, Joni and I had been giving people. And that was a challenge because personally, I'm much, much more comfortable giving than I am receiving. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks for sharing that. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh... All those things you guys mentioned are so moving and so so uh, important uh, from both sides of the coin, uh, being a caregiver and being a patient and uh, feeling lonely and then not understanding, you know, like, aren't I enough? I'm here going through this with you. We, and I love how you uh, express that, Dudley, that you're, you know, that it wasn't just, it wasn't Joni going through it, uh, you guys together went through it and it wasn't supposed to be how things went and i imagine some of our listeners might be saying the same things within this time uh or or have said them i certainly have said like oh my gosh this was not in our plan you know Uh, (laughs) we're thinking of retiring or we're thinking of you know doing more ministry and now it's like uh we're we're not so 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 i'm wondering um we do have a little time limit. I'm wondering if there's, if you guys, Shay or Noah or Rob, have anything you'd like to share about what you heard uh, Joni and Dudley say? I agree a lot with what they said. It, it is deeply personal and uh, it, it's tough to, you know, to relate to something that you're not going through yourself, even though it is your spouse. So again, it, it's it's a tough it's a tough road to hoe. Is what my dad would have said. Yeah, I love that you guys talk about both sides of it. How mm-hmm. you know? I think so many times, especially in marriage, it does kind of seem. And I mean, we haven't walked through the same situation, but a lot of times in marriages, it's like one person is struggling, or they're going through something, or they're feeling lonely, and you're sitting there going, "I'm your wife, or I'm your husband," and how can you be lonely when I'm here and I'm here to support you and I'm here to love you. And I'm, I'm, I'm like your right hand. I'm your other half. We are one. And if God made us one, 
how could you be lonely? Like I'm right here. So I could definitely, I love that you shared both sides of, you know, how cancer is common Mm -hmm. and that is something that a lot of people walk through, but we have heard so many people who walk through a common situation that feel so alone. And I think that it goes hand in hand with like divorce or cancer or past struggles come up or, you know, it's, there's so many things that come up in marriage where one person is struggling, they're feeling lonely because they feel like they're the only one going through that. But then the other half is going, I'm here to support you, but I'm lonely and even supporting, right? Like even that supporting person feels lonely because how are they supposed to know how to support the hurting spouse when they're feeling lonely as well? So it's two lonely situations united in one. So I love that you guys shared both sides. You think Jesus would experience that possibly? I'm just thinking having this thought in the garden when he went off to pray and a couple times and then came back and found everybody else sort of asleep and he knew what was before him. I don't know that I, I don't know that I'd be presumptuous enough to say that he was feeling lonely, but I bet he was feeling alone. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. And distressed enough that he's sweating blood. I mean, that's yeah. pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know about you guys, but I would rather struggle than have to watch someone else struggle. Mm. For me, I can, I don't know. I I have a really hard time watching people go through hard times. Mm -hmm. Definitely my wife or, you know, watching Steve go through cancer that, that was hard to watch. I was Mm -hmm. thought, I wish I was going through it instead because I don't want to watch it. Yeah. So it is, it is hard on, I think it's hard on both sides, Mm -hmm. like you guys were saying. On a recent um, devotional that I got from uh, Rick Warren, uh, Philippians 4.19, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And what are you kind of added to that is waiting for a miracle can be hard. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the road is cold, dark, and lonely. You may even find yourself stuck in a rut. You may not know where you're going or how long the journey will take. Yeah, that that really spoke to me. And I maybe it'll speak to somebody else as well. Yeah, I love that. Because it is, it's you know, sometimes this walk is lonely and it's not always perfect and it's hard. And I think sometimes as Christians, it's like, you know, well, we have God with us and we have Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so like we always have somebody to talk to, right? We're, we're never really alone. God lives within us, but even though we're not always alone, doesn't mean that we don't feel that lonely, especially through hard times. And I do Mm -hmm. love that point of the difference between alone and lonely, because I mean, just like you guys were talking, you guys had the biggest support group. You have so many people coming around you. I'm sure people were bringing you meals and making sure you were taken care of and coming and sitting with you and making sure that they're there. You weren't alone, but you were lonely. And I think that that is when it can so easily slip into things like depression and anxiety because you feel so alone and then you start feeling like you're the only one. And it's so easy to like internalize those things. Mm -hmm. And then you start feeling those depression and anxiety of, I feel alone. 
or I feel lonely, but there's people here. Can I tell them that I feel lonely? Is that going to make them feel not good enough, that their support isn't enough, that I'm ungrateful for their support? Really, I think it's very natural to feel lonely, even though fully supported. So I really love that you guys were open about that. Thank you. Right, Shay, that's good. I, I think too, just, you know, in the church, in with our Christian friends, we don't, we're not honest enough. And that's what I've loved about hearing Noah, especially, <laughs> and Steve, and Shay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you guys are so, you're just open. Mm-hmm. And it, you realize, wow, who do I have to impress? Who do I have to, I don't have to, to pretend I'm not lonely when I'm lonely. But it's, uh, I was sitting with a friend the other day and I just, because Steve had asked if we do the podcast and I, I said to her, are you ever lonely? And it just threw her. She just, oh, well, that's a good That was question. probably me. No, it was me. Although I've asked him plenty of times. So, um, yeah, we, we, it's a hard thing to admit. I love that you felt comfortable, though, to ask her that, because I think when we get to a place that we kind of open up and are more vulnerable and are more honest in life, we tend to kind of step out of that comfort and ask our friends, you know, and it does throw people off, especially when they've never had somebody ask them, have you ever felt lonely? They've never had anybody ask them how their marriage really is going, you know, how life really is going and creating that safe space by asking that question. I think it's so important, especially along among believers, because there are times where you feel like you can't be honest. You have to have that, that church success suit on of this is who I am and everything's great. And I have God. And so everything's perfect. And so we're good. We don't need to talk about the hard stuff. Yeah. Something's wrong with you. Right. There is. But then you go home and you're like, Oh, I still have this yeah. guilt and shame and anxiety and depression and all these things that we all wear from time to time. But if we all just took a second to go, have you ever felt lonely? Are you really okay? I just think it opens up so much freedom in Christ to be able to let things go because otherwise we just hold on to it. So I love that you kind of created that safe space for your friend to be like, Hey, have you ever been lonely? And she really was like, how dare you? Like, What do you mean? Have I ever been lonely? We're good. <laughs> well, maybe that's a good situation that maybe that's how, how it is supposed to work. Our honesty and vulnerability opens mm-hmm. the door to freedom. Yes. Yeah. I wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah. So, so Joni, when you, when you were going through that and and how you explained that with Dudley, were you, uh, were you able to let him know, uh, even though you're in the middle of that, that you were feeling lonely during that summer? Yeah. And when we talked, we, we do tend to talk about everything together. I mean, we always say, and he know I'm kind of an open book to him. I, I feel like I've got more flesh issues than he does. So he knows it all. Um, but so I could. And and it was good. You know, it was with Dudley, you don't get the pat answers. You know, I'd say, I'd say, well, what if, you know, all those what ifs. What if what if it metastasized, which by the way, it did. Uh, what if it does? What if it what if or you know, my 
leg tumor? What if I lose my leg? What if, what if I die? You know, just all those. And he would just say, well, what if? Let's talk about that. Let's, you know, it was similar to what I think you all did on a podcast. Let's go to the, let's go to the end. Well, <laughs> what if? And, and, um, and it was a, a better way than, than just a pat answer of, well, you know, it's a win-win. Yeah. And I think, well, easy for you to say it's a win-win. <laughs> I know it's a win-win, but in my, in my spirit, I know it's a win-win, but my soul is not agreeing with that right now at all. So I think that worked well for us, actually, in a couple of respects. Um, I'd say, Joni, honestly, I'd say she 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 leans a little bit towards a rationality in her life. Mm -hmm. She can grab on to things that are, are irrational. And I can say, oh, that's not even a rational thought. Mm -hmm. I mean, where's that coming from? But I've had to learn that I have to understand I have to understand her that you know, her irrational thoughts. I really do. And I have to embrace them and work, help her work through them. And so I think that's a good marriage. You know, I, I tend to, I had, in my job, I had to be more rational about the way I did things that people working for me and I led a company and those kinds of things. So, you know, there was always lots of thoughts and lots of opinions, but on the irrational side, I think that was I think that was it. And she yeah. has always tended towards those things, which I love about her. I just love, I love the irrational thoughts. <laughs> I really do. She thinks it's a burden to listen to them, but I really, I, I'm glad I don't have them, but then again, it's it. it wonderful to hear them <laughs> because, because we, it always centers us back right on God, right? It mm -hmm. always does. Always does. And, and that's the wonderful thing about no marriage. I mean, I could just keep, I could, I could ask him a thousand times the same question. And he's mm -hmm. like, no, 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 that, no, that'll never happen. Or this, you know, one more time around the track. <laughs> and it's, it's sometimes it's like, Oh, good. I, I kind of, I've kind of foiled Satan's little plan there because when, when you get it out in the open and you talk, it just diffuses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you take the time to listen to all of her rational questions and things because he does the same thing. We were literally in the post office today and I was like, I think my throat is swelling and it wasn't, I don't have allergies, but I have a mental thing about it. And he's like, okay, then you die and go to heaven. And I go, but I don't want to be the girl that dies in the post office. <laughs> You're fine. You know, Just but, accept that. You're but to good. be able to have that safe space where I can tell him, because most of the time I know it's an irrational thought but I have to get it out yeah. and I'm glad that I can bring it to him and he can go, okay, let's walk through this instead of like, you're an idiot. Just, you know, stop talking. You know, instead he's like, we'll walk through this again. It's fine. So I'm really glad that you guys do that too, because oh, I think it does. all the time yeah. and versus, you know, we've been have certainly had a lot of experience with small groups in our life. Um, and if you brought anything up, it would be the whole group wants to fix you. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so the next hour is spent on let's fix Tony or Dudley. And, yeah. you know, we never have any issues, but yeah. 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 Everybody always wants to be the hero. I'm going to fix you. So then amazing. <laughs> but don't look at my stuff. We're just going to look at your stuff. Yeah. I do like that Coldplay song, Fix You, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good song. 
It is a good sign. So uh, I, I like to just uh, throw that out in terms of uh, us being believers in how we can be there for each other in loneliness. Because I think in terms of, uh, Joni, as you were talking about your experience as a cancer patient, um, one of the things that's interesting uh, is that when somebody's trying to fix you or trying to help you or trying to mm, treat you different because you're a cancer patient or even maybe bring you a meal, um, instead of uh, helping you feel less lonely because they haven't actually acknowledged your feelings, uh, you feel more like an object and you actually feel, well, at least for me, I feel lonelier because I'm being treated like, uh, and, and, and especially when you go to get chemo, I, you feel like a lab rat actually. It's mm -hmm. like, oh my God, these people are experimenting on me, even my friends. Uh, to fix me. And so, you know, as you guys have kind of pointed out, is like that's really not the, the way to be there for one another, help one another, uh, but to actually enter into the person's um, kind of nutty beliefs, uh, like our irrational, because uh, I haven't, so far I haven't met anybody uh, that doesn't have some of those from time to time. Uh, and and instead of trying to fix them or correct us, correct me uh, to, to be able to jump in and actually sit in each other's shoes, I think is what I would prefer. Uh, and then I could just tell you, like you guys have said, I could come out uh, and bring it to light. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling lonely or I'm feeling angry or, I'm, you know, however, whatever I'm going through. Uh, I think that would be helpful. But we're kind of running uh, short on time. Uh, I'd love to hear some more from Rob on this, if that's okay. okay. Well, again, I, I don't want to go too deep in my personal situation. Uh, again, my wife and I had kind of a blow up in our relationship probably around four years ago. And it's a delicate nature. I can't really share a lot with this group or... I, I was kind of sharing with a men's group that uh, I went to and I've, I've got a Christian counselor I've been referring to, but again, a lot of times, you know, whatever you, again, I'm very glad that Joni and Dudley, you've, you know, you've got, sounds like you got a great relationship. I think Shay and uh, Noah have a great relationship, Steve and your wife. I, what I'm here hearing, it's been great. My wife and I are trying to patch ours up. It's tough. Mm -hmm. And I'm a feeler. She's more of a thinker. Mm -hmm. So we approach problems differently. Uh, I'm, I'm relying on God because I'm praying for the resurrection of our relationship for a breakthrough. Yeah. I know I've got to change and uh, I think she does too, but we're, we're just working through that process together. So, so again, yeah, there, there's, there's issues and just kind of like what has been said, yeah, we do know that Jesus is there. I've said to my workmates, I always knew that my mother loved me and I knew Jesus loved me, but I don't know about anybody else. So I, again, that's just me personally. That's kind of what I'm, I'm going through. And I'm, and, it's, and it is, it's kind of tough where you, as a feeler, you want to feel the warmth and the hugs and the love from another human. I know that Jesus loves me. He went to the cross for me, but I don't, feel that embrace hundred percent of the time. Yeah. So, so that's kind of where I'm coming from, Steve. I hope that helps. Yeah. And so while you're, 
you know, I feel sad and also pretty excited. Uh, number one, that you like, I have that really irrational thought that all the rest of us have our relationships really going cooking great. And uh, like Dudley mentioned, as like, oh my, oh my gosh, you have you hang around with Barb and I sometimes you'd like uh, so, and I, and so I'd like to just uh, share, you know, that uh, our relationship is really great in the moment, and it really sucks sometimes in the moment. Uh, so that, I, w I wouldn't want to like perpetuate that because then I'd have to live up to it. And, yeah. and I'm not willing to actually do that. So uh, I just, but I, but that you are motivated to want to patch up your relationship and uh, you're praying for, for it to be resurrected, I think is just uh, incredible. And that, you know, uh, your mom and Jesus love you and everybody else has a question mark that's i make makes perfect sense to me rob and mm -hmm. and so during this time when you're trying to patch up your relationship i'm wondering are you are there times when you feel lonely and yes and if so how you know how do you how is that for you do you have well, anything you can tell about it what what yeah can I, are you asking like what do i do about it or what what do you what are, i'm not sure if i understand the question see yeah, yeah. What well, I mean, do you, you know, in our relationships uh, with our spouses, sometimes uh, we don't feel like we could go tell her, but I could tell Noah, or I could tell you probably uh, how I'm feeling, uh, um, and, and and depending on the, what's going on with me and Barb, I could tell Barb, and she can tell me. But so I'm just wondering how you um, express it, or if you do, maybe you don't. Well, there's, again, I'm meeting periodic, periodically with a Christian counselor. Again, uh, that's been helpful. I had uh, had a, again, this was pre-COVID, uh, had a men's group that I could go to. And there was one gentleman in particular who had shared with me his situation. It was similar. So again, he and I had a chance to kind of talk about situations. But a lot of times it's it's not something I talk about every day. Uh, it's, it is more okay, Jesus, I need help getting through the moment. You know, I, I'd like a hug. I'd like uh, to feel the embrace of somebody, but it's not going to happen right now. So help me through it, Lord. I need help. Mm -hmm. so, so again, it, it, in part of it's just kind of growing up in the moment too. You know, what, what do I need to do? And again, I kind of think, okay, things are going to be better in heaven. So that's going to be an eternity there. And it's not a uh, reality for right this minute, you know, that I've, I've got to learn the lessons that I need to learn right now. So I think that's part of this too, is, is to help, help my wife through her challenges as well to, you know, what I need to learn, what do I need to learn now in the moment to be, uh, you know, to, to show her Christ's love through me, and then, like say, help all of us in the future when we're we're heavenly beings with with Jesus too. So that, I mean, that's kind of a vague talk. <laughs> it's kind of what I go through. Yeah, no, I, I like I like how you shared that, and that you were able to ask yourself those questions. You know, what do, what do I need to learn in this? Because. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm always tempted to blame somebody in my relationships when I have a relationship problem. It's like, oh my gosh, you know. Yeah, if only they'd change. If the, yeah. things would be so much better, if only they'd change. Well, 
guess what? A lot of it's got to be right here. Rob's got to change and uh, try to be the the person that uh, my wife needs, you know, in, in this time being. And, and, and it, yeah, of course I'd like for, I, I've said often, I'd like to have a flux capacitor and go back for several years and talk to myself, but uh, and say, don't do this, but that ain't, that's not reality. You know, no, you know, great science fiction. I love science fiction, but, but again, we don't have flux capacitors. We can't go back in time and change the situation that can't change what happened mm-hmm. and again jesus is the god of resurrection so so he can bring beauty from ashes etc you know that's right rob i agree with that i think i think to looking back even I, i'm not a counselor but even going back and digging up things in in the past i'm not sure is always that profitable because i think it just opens up the wounds again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm an, uh, you know, I was an alcoholic in my thirties mm-hmm. and Joni and I, I, I mean, I was a Christian walking as an, you know, my faith as an alcoholic for, I don't know, six or seven years, mm-hmm. you know, and then it just dawned on me one day, you know, God kind of got a hold of me and in a sense delivered me, you know, apart from AA but it didn't stop ever being one day at a time. Yeah. I could never reach out to the day after or the next day or next week. Mm-hmm. It was always about today. Yeah. Can I get through today mm-hmm. with all the influences coming in? And when I did that, I, I, I quickly realized that that I was there all the time. I, 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 I need to do this. I need to do that. I have to change. I've got to be better. I've got to somehow resolve this on my own. And that's when really God entered the picture and gave me that that comfort that, you know, that he would go ahead of me in this pathway and change my life because I couldn't change it myself. And I and I hope and pray for you that he's able to do that for you. Thank you. I think, I think too, Rob, you're in such a good place with, um, um, I think you're, I'm not sure if you're coming on Thursdays to Abiding Life I have been. Conversations. No, uh, okay. I, very much. Yeah, yeah, and it's because that desperation we all have, for me, it was, it's probably more the, um, the, the fear and anxiety and irrational thoughts that I finally had to say, okay, I, I can't do anything with this i have to i i really want your life christ Mm -hmm. and um your life is pretty amazing (laughs) i'll I'll, I'll exchange it and to but we're not around people that maybe are like-minded and so it's a wonderful thing to to get that encouragement on 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 thursdays and no matter what it is and you know christ can be all the husband that you need to to be as in in you and through you yeah i just wanted to add rob you know if i mean shanae's marriage is better than it was for sure but for eight years we lived in complete hell yeah and i mean we i've come home for work expecting to come home to an empty house it was, it was that bad. And 
anyways, the, uh, you know, so I think what really helped us is just even in the bad, we just kept choosing each other. Right. Even though we probably hated each other most of the time and definitely didn't trust each other with, I mean, we were way different back then. We did not trust each other like we do now and how we share an openness. And that takes time. It, like right. Shay has asked me questions before and I, in my head, I thought for sure she was going to divorce me if I answered them, <laughs> you know, and that's the kind of thing where you finally, you slowly do it and you keep doing it and it finally works. And that's, I think that's what it shows in Jesus too. That's what he does with us. He's just, he doesn't ever quickly fix things. It's always slow and steady. And he's just there with us day mm -hmm. by day. And we just take day by day with him in the moment. So I don't know if that's an encouragement to you or not, but oh, it is, it is. No. I mean, my wife and I have even said, you know, it'd be easier to divorce. It would, but that's not, yeah, that's not good. That's not reality that I want. And I don't think she wants it either. So like I say this, I'm taking the long haul, the, you know, the, the straight and narrow, which is not easy sometimes. I mean, so again, what I've, I've been even counseled by other Christians that kind of know more about the situation. They said, well, yeah, you should divorce her. And it's like, really? I'm, I'm, I'm just shocked that I hear this from you. But, but anyway, that, that's, that's, Again, I can't go into de the details. It's too no, personal, no. and I just can't. But, no. but again, I've I've kind of shared some with Steve and, and Noah in, in some emails. They they know a little bit more than than I'm putting on video here. <laughs> so, anyway, I appreciate their support. Everybody's support. You know, you mentioned a word, and and we did a podcast on it. Uh, easy, uh, that would be easier. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I had. Uh, I really love Barb because she's so direct and she gives me like instant feedback. So that, that's, uh, you, know, you talked about learning, what do I need to learn and what's, you know, so, and, and I think uh, that's such great to uh, just have your heart that's open to being taught by the Lord and having him live through you because that, that uh, is to me precious. And so when I was first diagnosed from, with cancer, been in the hospital a couple of days, came home and Barb and I were sitting at the table looking at each other. And she said, oh my gosh, it would just be so much easier if you were dead. Mm. Wow. And I said, oh my gosh, you know what? You were so right. It would be like way easier, especially for me. It would be fantastically easier. No chemo, no, no thinking about my bones that are collapsing. No wondering what I'm going to do and blood tests worried about you and taking care of, you know, finances and it would be incredibly easier, uh, I guess, but uh, I'm just still alive. <laughs> so now what? <laughs> it's, which, so, so I think that you have chosen the way that's not easy. Uh, I just admire that. In I you. appreciate that. I, I feel in my heart, there's going to be victory someday. And I, that's what I'm still around for is to, is for the victory that's coming so yeah so i think that's that's so great and that the victory that we you know we get to experience in the moment uh you know, I, I i i'm sensing that now uh, you know like the victory is like right at this moment uh that uh, i get to be here with you uh walking with you in this time and if i was there i'd give you a big huge hug 
that. And I think that's another important part. Uh, I had a friend, uh, you know, and I, you know, I'm a fixer. I love to fix and give people advice and, you know, show how brilliant I am uh, and help people and see if they could actually, you know, be helped. And uh, so I was telling her, you know, that Christ is enough. And she goes, yeah, well, and she basically cussed me out and she goes, you know, but Steve, I want a hug. You know, I want, uh, he's not here personally. And so, you know, it was really an eye opener for me because actually he is, and he's here in a, the thousands and millions of different people uh, where we can actually be there for one another. Right. Um, I will so add that, that I, and, and again, Steve and, I, and Noah and I have kind of talked through email about how I, felt like I was having trouble hearing God's voice. We even had uh, one of the Thursday meetings about that, I think, recently. Anyway, and it's it kind of became evident to me that through other people, God is talking to me. Again, I was kind of wondering about a personal family issue. Got a text from a friend of mine who, a classmate of mine from school, and said, can you talk? And so I said, sure, through text. And so anyway, we got on the phone together and he kind of shared some stuff that was going on with him. I got a chance to kind of share some stuff with him. And he said, I really feel this was God ordained. Mm -hmm. And I had to totally 100% agree that in that moment, through that situation, we both needed each other and we were able to kind of help each other in the moment by God opening the door for us. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Oh. That's amazing. And I, I love your um your faith in this. And I um I love going back to I don't know which where Mike's uh, uh, little the talk about how many of you have something that hasn't been resolved in a year. You know, you you've all heard that and yes. on to 20 years and and but you're still believing you haven't left the lord and that's so encouraging you know that i was we were talking about that and i said i it must be in that galatians 2 20 passage that really is his faith because i i think i would i wouldn't have the faith to to stick <laughs> with it when things aren't resolved but um I, I i i love that faith that i see in you rob Thank you. And again, it's not about me. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, all right. Hmm. You know, I, I, I like to, uh, I, I get in trouble on these podcasts because people, well, Noah actually gets in trouble because uh, <laughs> not everybody that uh, listens to these likes them. And, and no. typically I put my foot in somebody's uh, mouth and I'm going to do it again now. Uh, uh, and it's and it's challenging. It's usually the old time folks, and I just bring this to light because this is usually what happens. It's the old time folks that I've known for 20, 30 years, uh, biting life people that have known Mike uh, that don't like uh, some of the things uh, that we talk about. And you know I'm okay with that. And I, I was I was talking to a buddy of mine. Uh, the other day, and he had brought some things up, uh, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, you're no, you're right. I am kind of challenging some of these beliefs that we have uh, have is dividing life uh, things." He goes, "Well, people get it." I said, "Well, what is it they get?" And so we we had a hard time uh, putting our finger on it, but it was basically 
Uh, Mike didn't teach anything new. He just had really great ways of teaching truth, the thing, same thing that Christians have always believed, uh, that God's there for us and he's in us and he's saved us and he's paid the price. Uh, but he had a really unique way of teaching that. Uh, and so I would like to say, instead of, uh, Rob, it's not me, I'd like, no, it's full of you. Uh, I challenge that thing that uh, our abiding life was like, it's not me, it couldn't be me. It's like, you know, it's actually full of you because you actually, I get to see Christ in you today and acknowledge that you're one with him. And instead of saying, well, it's, it's not you, it really is the real you, maybe not the, the, the guy hopping around in the success suit you, it's, but, it's the, but it's, the real, it's the real Rob slash Jesus who we get to connect with today. And that's such a privilege. Thank you. Uh, and, to our, and to the people that are listening, uh, the same uh, with you, we get to connect with you, even though we don't see you. It's great to get feedback and to, to be challenged, uh, I think. And so to be able to see Christ in each other uh, is an incredible gift. I feel very honored that I've been able to participate, Steve and Noah and Shay and Joan, Joni and Dudley. I thank you all very much. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you guys could all join. And Steve, I think you're right because we do have a choice. Rob does have a choice, He, ha but he, his choice is to keep moving forward with God. And, you know, he's had friends, Christian friends say, oh, just divorce. That's still a choice. You could divorce her right now if you wanted. I could, yes. But that's not why, that's not, that doesn't feel very good in here, does it? Yeah, no, but you are, that's the cool thing about God. He gives us choice. And I don't know if that's what you meant by that, Steve, but that's kind of what I got out of it when you were saying that. Yeah, we, it is us because he does give us choice to do things. He doesn't leave us. I know that because I've made some terrible choices in my life and he was there. So I know he doesn't leave us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, God. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that kind of brings up, a, uh, I'm glad you brought that verse up because that's kind of like, uh, well, if he, if he never leaves us or forsakes us, then why would we um, feel lonely? Um, and, and, uh, and I'd like to just throw this out. Uh, you know, if he's, uh, we brought up the verse where he's going to be everything we need, uh, right? He's going to, in Philippians, uh, he's, he's, he's actually already met all of our spiritual needs in Christ. He's already done that. Uh, then why would we ever feel needy? Or like he spoke to the woman at the well, he goes like, oh my gosh, just, you know, drink of the water that I offer you and you'll never thirst again. And yet, I thirst, you know, and, and so, and Joni used to, an incredible word, a desperation. And uh, so I think as Christians, I, I look at that word as something that's incredibly beautiful, uh, that desperation. And, and, and in terms of uh, loneliness, I think that's an incredible word. And I wonder if anybody else thinks of it that way. You stumped me, Steve. <laughs> well, here's here's what I'm thinking. I met a kid in India one time. I was with Mike, and we got to yakking. And his dad had brought him to, um, you know, everybody would bring people to Mike to be healed, and they would walk away uh, not healed. 
uh, uh, mostly. Uh, but uh, we prayed for hundreds of people, people would line up to be prayed for and have their uh, hands, you know, mics touch them or we'd pray for them. And, uh, and we prayed for them and we really, really were seeking the Lord's work. And so this kid came and he was lonely. And it was, and I really, and he was desperate. He, and they had him on psychotic drugs and, uh, uh, but he was incredibly lonely. And uh, it dawned on me uh, that that loneliness that sometimes we feel is, is like a hunger. Uh, and it's actually kind of like a hunger uh, for connection, a hunger for, in his case, a hunger for God. And so, and the word Jonah used desperation, uh, how I th think that's a uh, wonderful word is when I feel most desperate for God, he's there, he shows up. And so I would not want to live in this world without sometimes feeling lonely. I don't want to live there with a hundred percent lonely. Like Dudley says, like, now I don't want to be a hundred percent lonely a hundred percent of the time, but you know, it's like, I also don't want to be a hundred percent hungry all the time, but I do want to be hungry because the food tastes different. If it tastes better and I, and I'm, when I'm thirsty, the, you know, the water and whatever I drink, uh, you know, I, you know, it's refreshing. So uh, in terms of loneliness, I think there's a huge, and I'll get in trouble for saying this probably, but there's a huge benefit uh, to feeling lonely sometimes, not all the time, of course, but because that loneliness actually is one of those things that in our abiding language, we would say it drives me to Christ. Uh, so right. why would why would I want to get rid of that? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense or am I way off base? Because chances are I'm way off base. I, I totally agree. And I, I think about the times, you know, be, where I'd be desperate to, to get up, you know, their desperation, I guess, desperate to get up and be with the Lord, not because everything in my life was going well, but that, that desperation in me had me seeking him in in a way that I don't I don't think I would have otherwise and um, so I I totally agree that it's a good thing and even though I don't like it I don't like that thorn in the flesh if, mm -hmm. uh, I'd rather take it out but <laughs> it, it's um, he is the only one that's gonna fill me up and. Um, satisfy that hunger and that thirst and he his does grace is sufficient. Yeah. 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 Grace yeah. Is sufficient. i had uh yeah that, re that reminds me of this friend i met a couple summers ago uh, he said his wife was diagnosed with the same kind of cancer i had and uh, he had um, told his best friend and his best friend <laughs> uh, his best friend said Congratulations. He just says, my wife, my wife is just diagnosed with multiple myeloma. It's incurable. And he goes, congratulations. This is such a great opportunity for you to see the world in a way you've never seen it before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, uh, in a sense, what we're talking about mm -hmm. uh, loneliness is we, if we could, instead of trying to fix one another, if we could 
humbly, like his friend said, he's going, my gosh, congratulations. What a gift. Uh, you get to see Christ. You get to see the Lord. You get to see the world and all the people around you in a way that's totally different than you've ever seen them before. It's what a wonderful experience. Uh, for me, I think that's a, kind of a, a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but God has given me a couple times in my life of no struggles. And I realized pretty quick I don't go to him. And so I actually embrace struggles now and, you know, embrace loneliness, embrace depression, anxiety, all that stuff that I have suicidal thoughts, all the stuff that comes along with Noah Wells. And because it does, it brings me to him every time. And so I do appreciate the contrast, I guess, is what it is. Well, guess that, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, I guess what they say, I can't remember where it came from, but it says when you get to the place where he's all you have, you'll find he's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Johnny mentioned desperation. I forget who the who quoted it, but said all of us live in quiet Three. lives of desperation. Yeah. yeah. I think there's some real truth to that. Yeah. Lives of quiet desperation. Yeah, that's Thoreau, I believe. Mm. Another thing I was thinking too, um, no, no, when you guys, I think it was, I don't know, last week or no, maybe it was an old one. I was this old podcast, but you were talking about um, hearing from God and the presence of God. And I just love this. You said, I don't really feel the presence of God or however you mm -hmm. said that you're, yeah, I'm not. And I just thought that that was so encouraging because I, 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 I'm so, I, I'm so close to him in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And yet do I feel that presence? No, I just, I just believe that presence because I've had those times of feeling it, but mm -hmm. I, I really don't. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, I can probably handful of times I've felt it, but day to day, day to day, year by year, sometimes I don't feel it at all. I remember times of like 10, 15 years not feeling it, but just keep going forward. Yeah. So can we surmise that maybe loneliness is something that's a benefit to us? and that we shouldn't be so quick to fix it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's what it came down to. You want to say something? Well, I was just going to say, you know, along those lines, I was 21 and a single mom. And talk about lonely. When you're 21 and get pregnant, your friends are all partying and they're, you know, going to college and they're living their life. And I found myself in a very bad part of town, living in a very awful home with my daughter and low income and on food stamps. And that's embarrassing enough. You don't want to tell anybody that you're on food stamps and you're getting daycare assistance and housing assistance and all. Of, and so it was the, what I thought was the loneliest time of my life. And I thought that fixing it would be getting married. Well, 
got married and eventually we'll do a marriage podcast because we would love to tell our story of where we came from, because I know a lot of people see our marriage now, but eight years were complete hell. And part of that was being extremely lonely in our marriage. And I think that a lot of times people think, oh, you get married and oh, you have somebody, so you're not lonely. But I thought that being a single mom, I wouldn't be lonely if I got married. So then I'll get married, thankfully to him. <laughs> and, but then it was lonely and, and I would go to people and they would tell me, I, why'd you get married then? Like if your marriage is that bad, why don't you get divorced? And I honestly prayed for divorce. I wanted to get divorced because it was so bad that it was like, okay, God, I need a way out. This isn't working. We're not, this wasn't right. So then lonely within our marriage, which for me, somebody who felt like God abandoned me and that he never listened to me and he never cared about me. And, and I was just on my own and I needed to be independent and fix myself and figure stuff out myself. That loneliness was the best thing, not only for our marriage, but also for my relationship with God, because I had nobody else. I had nobody to where he actually became my only support for the loneliness that we were causing, you know, where it was like, you're causing my loneliness, but you're my only safe space. So like, I need to talk about my loneliness within our loneliness. But in that we found God so much deeper, not only in our personal relationship, but in our marriage to where now we have a safe space that we can talk about all of the hard stuff. And I'm talking all of the hard stuff that nobody wants to talk about. We've talked about the things that nobody has wants to go through. We've gone through it. And so I think the loneliness was one of the best things that has happened for my relationship with God. And do I always feel him or hear from him or, or see his, see signs of him or feel his love or hear a big booming voice? No, but I've learned in the loneliness is where I can find him. And so I think so many times we look to our mate or if I only got, if I got married, I wouldn't be lonely. Or if I had kids, I wouldn't be lonely. Or if I had a better job that I was appreciated, I wouldn't be lonely. Yeah. Or more friends or if, 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 if really that loneliness is such a blessing. And it's the same thing. Like we've talked about anxiety being a blessing and depression being a blessing and hard times being a blessing. I think loneliness is the same way. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Shay. I also think, you know, the way it makes us reach out for the Lord um, is, is number one, but it also it helps even as we talk about loneliness that we reach out for each other, you know, and call someone up and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lonely for your voice. You know, I, <laughs> I know I've said that to, to my kids, you know, just, just want to hear your voice, but um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a good thing to, especially now with this, enforced loneliness that we're all going through we just you know just there are lots of benefits of it we're reaching out in in ways we're doing zooms we're we're it makes me really anxious for it to be over so i can do all those things (laughs) have those people over and have those relationships again so it's yeah i i'm 
Can't wait for that. I'm kind of enjoying it myself. Joni's all about relationships and I'm kind of all about her. So she's <laughs> enough for me. <laughs> but it is challenging for sure. I agree this time and the loneliness of people, especially if you are literally alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you guys have mentioned some incredible um, incredible things and this time is such a different time uh you know oftentimes in actually uh, in my life alone or when i'm uh, in a group of people uh where i'm you know like at some of our men's retreats uh, i felt incredibly alone because it's like oh my gosh these other guys are like so fantastic they're so spiritual they got their stuff together uh <laughs> and uh and you, you know, you go to sleep at night and you wonder like, wow, they, you know, I'm, you feel incredibly alone at those times. And, and I've talked to Mike about, you know, that back at one of our retreats and, uh, you know, he's just like, uh, came, came away crying. He's like, oh my gosh, we, we're all alike and we feel alone sometimes when we're surrounded by people we love. Uh, so I think that's, it's just, uh, like Shame, you mentioned, you know, like having the looking for the quick fix uh, doesn't necessarily work. Is I mean, you can be surrounded with people that love you and feel incredibly lonely. Probably for all these things, all these great reasons we've already mentioned. Uh, so we're kind of at the end of our time. I wonder if anybody has any other thoughts that they'd like to throw out there to sum things up. I really like what Dudley said that you said. Uh, Something like maybe we could look at loneliness as a and a benefit and don't have to be in quite such a hurry to uh, fix it or get rid of it. Yeah, we're so afraid of this, right? Yeah, I, I just wanted to add this. When Steve was going through his cancer, just watching him go through it, I didn't know what to do for him. I didn't know if I should not talk to him or should I talk to him a lot or, or what to talk to him or what to talk to him about? And, you know, I kind of went through that whole song and dance for a couple months, not talking to him, just thinking, okay, maybe I'll just give him his distance. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. And then I just had a thought of, why not just ask him what he wants, you know? And then I asked him what he wants and then we had a great talk and then we went from there, but it's, it's crazy how simple sometimes it can be and we make it, so difficult and you know even like going to see steve and knowing the cancer was all in his bones you know i went to hug him and i was i barely hugged him and he told me what are you doing why are you why aren't you hugging me tight I'm like i don't want to hurt you and he's like just get over here you know it's just that kind of thing where those people we like tiptoe around sickness i guess and and people not feeling good but it, it's worth just asking the person, asking the questions. Yeah, what do you want? What do you want me to do? You want me to stay back? I'll stay back. You want me to walk with you in this completely? I'll walk with you completely in this. I think that's that's the sweet part. If you can actually do it. That's so true, Noah. I think that I think there's a a fear in all of us when to enjoin with somebody in a circumstance mm -hmm. because we don't know what to say 
and we don't know what to do. I like I like that a lot. I was thinking when you said that of Job's friends, they get a lot of bad press, but it said, um, you know, they stood, they sat with him for seven days and uttered not a word. Yeah. Some and said for that, yeah, that they were with, with him. They were with him. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what to say or, and if they did, it probably was the wrong thing. Right. Yeah. But entering into that with somebody, and I think that actually, you know, speaks to me right now about just loneliness, the loneliness in general or general is just to really just be available to somebody, mm-hmm. Rob, like that friend you talked to, you know, that just meant so much to him and probably to you. And it was, it wasn't even orchestrated. It just happened in God's economy, so, so to speak. And I just think, um, I read, I think it was in Oswald Chambers. He said, God speaks to us in the language we know best, mm. not through our ears, but in our circumstances. Yeah. So we should be often willing to, in our loneliness, to to embrace that circumstance and listen for him. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you sharing that, Dudley. That's profound. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, should we wrap it up? Are we good? Steve, do you have anything else to add? No, I, I sure don't. I'm just grateful to for this moment, this time to be with Joni and Dudley and Rob and Shay and you, Noah, and uh, um, to be able to share how we're feeling and our walk with the Lord and to be able to see him in all these circumstances and hear him in, in the language that he, he speaks best as our language and doesn't expect us to learn a foreign language. Uh, and uh, it's, it's really nice to be able to hear that and know that he's always speaking uh, and in the, in the language of our circumstances, our struggles, our problems, our feelings, our, uh, our irrational thoughts. Uh, he ne- he's always there and we don't have to uh, get fixed before we hear him speak mm-hmm. or be any different. So thanks, thank you guys all for uh, talking about how you're feeling and your experiences. And uh, it's just a, a, a treasure to me to be able to, to see you and uh, Christ in you and to be able to hear him and experience him. Yeah, amen to that. And I just need to add, we added to the website now, if you go to resources and then you go down to free resources, then you scroll down a little bit. We have all of my dad's um, diagrams now that go along with the DVDs that are on, well, not DVDs, but all the things you can, yeah, all the trainings on YouTube now. So you can actually download those and actually go along with them now. And all that's free. So terrific resources, terrific yeah, resources. You have to go down and basic seminar diagrams and extended basic seminar diagrams. <laughs> trying <laughs> They're to all them. there. They're all there. So enjoy whoever wants to go through with that and help other people and disciple people. So. All right. Thank you, Noah. That's great. Those diagrams are fun to go through. And even if you've never heard Mike go through them and teach them, I, I was uh, with uh, one of my buddies, Guy Noss, one time, and he goes, well, I've never heard that ex- diagram explained that way. I said, well, that's because I never heard anybody explain it to me. So I'm just like listening to the Lord. So uh, it, it works for me. Does it, you got a problem? And he goes, no, no, I really liked it. So 
the diagrams and, and I had talked to your dad, like, why don't you like put words on these things? And uh, that was part of his reason is like, well, what's the, you know, I, I really don't, don't want to give people the answers. I want them to find the answers to these things in, yeah. in Christ and see that. And so they're a great resource just for our own walk with the Lord. And you just, you know, you could teach them to somebody and go through them and see how the Lord speaks to you. Yeah. Huge yeah. gift, I think. I agree. Yeah. No, that's cool. Thanks for saying that, Steve. Thank you guys for being on here with us, and we'll do another one soon. Love you all. Yep. Love you. Bye.